The sermon for the first week of Advent is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. Uh, the sermon is entitled, Behold Your King. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's right. Behold Your King is coming to you. The comforting words of the prophecy fulfilled according to Zechariah 9.9, that indeed, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humbled and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. That in the midst of all that they were facing during the time of Zechariah, he gave them the hope and comfort of what was to come as they would look forward to the messianic age of the advent of Jesus Christ. And here in Matthew 21, Jesus instructs the disciples well, to fulfill that prophecy. There, a donkey tied and a colt with her. And this all took place just as it was envisioned. Indeed, behold, your king, not just any king, but your king is coming to you. The direction has been set. And that is the arrow that points from God to man. Yes, Jesus comes to you. There's no other way about it. That he comes to you in the blessed incarnation, the word made flesh from God to man to deliver you as your king, the gospel. Behold, look, see, your king is coming to you even right now as God is present with us by his word. Even when you pray, thy kingdom come. Pray in the Lord's Prayer. Indeed, he comes to us through the word, the word that leads us daily, the word of Christ, the word of comfort, the words from the true king. Behold, your king, your king, as you live under his name, is coming to you. The blessed gift of the sacrament is this, is that this is a gift of grace. The arrow is pointing from God to man, holy baptism, from God to man, the holy supper, again, from God to man, all by the power of God's word and promise, where there you are rowed by his grace and his righteousness. As the true king, your king has lavished you, each and every one of you by his grace giving the words that you need to hear, absolving you of your sins. And that's why you're here today, as God is working on you. God giving you his word. Behold, your king is coming to you. And now as we live in the one true faith, as we live in the now and wait for the not yet, We remember the book 
the words in the book of Acts where there as they were gazing on Jesus ascending into the heavens, the two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who has taken up from you will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Yes, we are awaiting for his final return. Behold, your king shall come to you. Yes, these are comforting words, aren't they? That our true king indeed comes to us by his very word. We are not left in darkness. Rather, we rest upon the advent of our king, who by his grace has set us free as daily we live in the abundant mercy of his grace. So the crowds in our gospel text, the whole city was stirred up, wondering, who is this? The crowds had their ideas who this king was. Maybe he was one of power, one of might. Maybe one who would provide for them as he has already showed them all these miracles, that he would reign as a son of David to be the greatest king. Yet in the advent of our Lord Jesus Christ on that triumphal road, he was more than they could ever fathom. As they asked, who is this? Who is this king? And that is the question for each and every one of you today. Who is your king? And we know the answer, but yet, who is your king? You know, on Thanksgiving night, we were returning from our meal with the family in Orange County, and as we always do, we take the five freeway, for better or for worse. (laughs) And going back uh, northbound, you know, Thanksgiving night, you would assume... Oh, no traffic at all. What could go wrong? But there uh, we, we were met with some heavy traffic, and I assumed it was a traffic accident or some type of road hazard of some kind. And as we were driving near, I realized, oh, that's right. It's after Thanksgiving, and the pre-Black Friday sales have begun. And there at the outlet mall there on the 5 freeway, all these cars from north and south We're all trying to herd into this one exit. That's right. It always reminds me, that's right, who is this king? What is this season all about? Right? For many, it is confined to the commercial aspect of this, as the world would call it, holiday. The preparations, the business, the material... And soon what is lost in the midst of the busyness is, who is this? Who is this Jesus? Yet for us, it's so good to see everyone here today. As we gather together in this season of Advent, the start of a new church year. It's a time to, as any new year is, to restart, renew, refresh, and meditate upon what Christ has come to do. That is the season of Advent. Yet we find ourselves so busy doing everything else. 
so focused and fixated we become on everything but the Word. And quickly we find ourselves distracted by the world, the flesh, and even the evil foe. And this is the devil's ploy, isn't it? First, he distracts you from the Word. Little by little, the shift happens, and slowly but surely, the priorities change. The idols are crowned to be king in your life, and rather than thy kingdom come, thy will be done, our nature says what? My kingdom, my will. And soon we find ourselves caught up in the noise of this season, caught up in our sin, caught up in our idols. That is the question for each and every one of you today. Who is your king? Who do you bow down to? Where do your allegiances lie? Does your crown belong to all the idols? Who is your king? Is it the word? Or is it the world? Is it faith? Or is it your covetous flesh? Is it Christ? Or is it your own priority or time schedule? Who is your king? St. Paul writes in our reading from Romans today, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the tension that we face in this life. Gratifying our desires. Who is your king? And thus, as we look in the mirror, as we see this word for what it truly is, there we repent. Our Lord says, behold, your king. Not just any king, but Christ who is your king, who comes to you, for there is no other way but from God to man. It is God who works your grace. It is God who gives you his mercy. And this is the only way it is. All contingent upon our Lord. Behold your king. We didn't make him king. We didn't earn his kingship. No, he is our king. For we are sinners. We cannot make an ascent to God. We cannot make the climb to salvation. But everything, everything is rooted in Christ's advent for you. This is your Lord. His love for you, how deep, how tall, how broad, how wide as he sent his son, the true king, to be the one who not only makes his way into the world, but to be in the world, to head to the cross, to fulfill the sacrifice for all your sins. This is what your king, behold your king, does for each and every one of you. He sheds his blood willingly for you on that very cross to forgive you of all of your sins. This is the word that you need to hear. Behold your king. This is what he has come to do, to make you alive, to save and rescue you from sin and death, the disease that we cannot remedy ourselves. 
You know, you, you cannot overcome sin and death. We cannot rescue ourselves, no matter how good we think we are. We need the true king. We need him to come to this world to be our sin, to bear our sin, to wear the true crown, the crown of thorns, and being lifted high upon the cross. There he was, our true king, standing in your place. This is your king, not the one who just sits from afar and says, yes, you figure it out. You make the climb. You pursue perfection. No, this is our king who swoops low, mudding himself into this humanity and dying the death for sinners. Oh, yes, he died for us. But yet death would not overcome him. But rather he would overcome death. As he would rise on the third day, giving us the great comfort knowing full well that we have eternal life. This is your king. This is what he delivers to you. Behold, look, see. And that is why you are here, hearing the words of Christ. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, save us now. That's what that means. Save us. Rescue us, comfort us, grant us your promise and deliverance. And that what, that's what he has done. Not a day goes by that we will ever say, I can do this myself. I don't need to hear the word. I can do this myself. No, behold your king who finishes your faith for you. And here we are gathered together. As you've been busy all week doing all the different things that God has called us to do, here we rest in the forgiveness of Christ. Because Christ is your King. That's how you know you are forgiven. All the doubts, all the uncertainty. Look, this is what your King has done. This is what He has come to do for you. For you. Behold your king. And as Jesus says in Matthew 28, Behold, I am always with you until the end of the age. This is your king. This is the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.